0: I am writing a book on the wars of Pakistan, it's a history. But it is not a history of the actual battles, etc., it's not the sort of thing you do. It's a history of two things. One, the the, uh, actual decision making for the war. And secondly, the experience of the people in it. People means not just the soldiers and the officers, etc., it means anyone in Pakistan who had any experience of the war. So, uh, this is a, uh, you know, people have written about the experience of officers, they've themselves written, but nobody has written about the experience of other people in Pakistan. Let's say, villagers around the uh, areas near the border, or uh, people who, you know, go to search and bearing the, uh, uh, bearing the luggage of people, or those who, uh, uh, whose husbands have died and widows, or those kind of things. So, it's based on these two things. The second part, experience is obviously based on um, interviews and if somebody has written a memoir or a diary or something or letters and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the first part is based on memoirs of people etc
1: mm-hmm.
0: now what i have come to you for is that you have i mean your work i have read and it's it's a painstaking work sure. and it's laborious research which you've done etc mm-hmm. but in that of course you've done on the actual tactics And the actual events which have taken place, the military history, you are a military historian of great distinction. But what I I am interested now, today, is to ask you certain questions about your own experience or experiences about different wars, conflicts, etc., or if you can tell me about people who would be able to tell me about this. So my first question is, have you any experience of any war or conflict?
2: I have uh, taken part uh, indirectly in Afghan civil war. Ah, that's important. Uh, I was handling logistics ah. of uh, some people in Northern Alliance. Okay. And I was based in uh, Moscow. Acha. And uh, trying to collect various items ah. like uh, ammunition and spare parts and various things. And during the same time, I was also... Which, which years, if I may This, is, this is between uh, 94 and 99. Achha. And they gave me some sort of rank of uh, major general. Oh, I see. And uh, they were calling dagger dagger general.
0: Achha.
2: But... Uh, during the same time, I also looked after some logistics uh, in the war between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Uh-huh. And uh, since I was based in Moscow, uh-huh. since uh, they had various requirements, uh-huh. I was helping them also. Uh-huh. And uh, then uh, in 2000 and... Uh, between 2009 and nine and eleven, I was doing a project in Balochistan... So, I saw the various, uh, Mm. uh, you can say, counter-insurgency operations or uh, Mm. uh, for the Baloch, it was sort of a, you know, war of liberation. Mm. But that is, you know, subjective, you know. They have their own um, script and uh, Pakistani state has own script. Mm. And... uh, then I was based in Taftan for one year. Uh, I was uh, doing some business of the custom clearing and logistics. Mm. So I saw the, uh, some, you know, part of the ongoing war in Iranian Baluchistan also. Mm. And then I was based in Afghanistan between, uh, continuously I was based between 2004 and 2009, uh, mm. without going anywhere. Achcha. And then uh, sporadically uh, between, you can say, about uh, six months in one year, mm. I was based in Afghanistan between uh, 2009 uh, down to 2014. Achha. And particularly uh, doing projects in Hilmand and Kandhar and Nemroz and Farah, mm. where I saw the U.S. surge mm. very closely. Uh, I was also doing some logistics uh, with the uh, main logistics suppliers of U.S. Army and NATO forces mm. So I saw that also. Mm. Then in 2000, the most interesting part is in 2006, Mm. I also worked with the Italian uh, army as part of NATO contingent in Afghanistan. Mm. And uh, I gave them some insights. Mm. And uh, they relied on my assessments. Mm. And uh, very interesting part is that you must be knowing a very famous uh, writer and historian and strategist, mm. uh, Ed Lutwak. Mm. He was my mentor and, you know, he... Oh, once again, Ed, I... Edward nicolo Lutwak. Acha Edward. He, he has written some very famous books like uh, Kudita. Mm. Uh, his history Edward,
0: of... Edward Niccolo,
2: last name? Lutwak. L-U-T-T-W-A-K. His, his uh, history of Israeli army is very famous. Mm. And he is... Uh, Reputed as a great strategic thinker in the West. Mm. One of his books, uh, Byzantine Strategy, is regarded as a classic. Mm. His most famous book is Kudita. Mm. He is basically a Romanian uh, Jew who became a free thinker Mm. uh, and believer of natural religion. Mm. And initially his family migrated to Italy. Mm. And then he finally came to the USA. Mm but he was very close to the italian government mm. and interestingly uh, chinese government also employed him as an advisor mm. or to you know do various restructurings mm. and uh, he, he, i regard him as my mentor and he hooked me up with the italian uh, contingent in afghanistan mm. so that was also a very interesting experience GC. because uh, you know uh, 2005 6 was a very formative period in um, Then I did some work uh, with the uh, There was an Italian, American company doing the restructuring of Afghan army mm. So I was working as a sub-subcontractor mm. uh, In the restructuring of the Afghan army between 2004 and 2007 mm. Then I did a anti-narcotic project in Hillman mm. Which again was very interesting mm. Because uh, I saw uh, how narcotics played a very Mm. very complicated role in the Afghan civil war. Mm. So, that was very interesting.
1: Mm.
2: And uh, I can you know answer some questions also about this if you like. Regarding the uh, 65 war, I would strongly recommend that you meet Colonel Sami. Mm. He was commanding the 24 cavalry leading squadron. Mm. And his version is very interesting. Mm. Because he says that his uh, commanding officer collapsed before the war started, at the time of the O-group. And he challenges the entire version hmm. of the Pakistani uh, military action in khemkaran. Achha. Because he says that 1st uh, Army Division was already very demoralized even before the Achha. actual operation started. Achha. So you must meet him also. Achha. I will certainly,
0: this question will come later. Secondly, I will ask you another question. In uh, You have seen the, uh, the, the Taliban very closely.
2: Yes, I saw them in Afghan civil war. Actually, I was captured so, by them so, once. once. So, so I, so I saw so them very closely. What is your
0: experience with the Taliban in Afghanistan and in Pakistan? First, <laughs> Afghanistan.
2: Uh, firstly, uh, I want to start with the premise that uh, as far as I saw in Afghanistan. Hmm. And uh, this is very important as far as I think. Mm. There were no non-state actors.
1: Mm.
2: It is all, you know, it's a total, it is a total distortion of events as I saw them. Mm. There were no non-state actors. There were only state actors or state… In Afghanistan? uh, Yes. Or there were state actors or there were proxies of state actors. Mm. There were no non-state actors Mm. in the real sense. Because, you know, a bullet costs about 100 rupees, one bullet. So, it's very it's very difficult thing for any non-state actor to wage a war. Mm. So, firstly, there were no non-state actors. Mm. In Afghanistan, there were either uh, Pakistani proxies mm. or American proxies mm. or perhaps Indian proxies mm. or Iranian proxies or Russian proxies. Mm. But uh, as far as I saw, there were no non-state actors. Mm. And about Taliban, I would like to say very frankly mm. that uh, they are clearly Pakistani proxies, as far as I saw them. It is a myth to… Ahmed Rashid also says that. Yeah, it is a myth to say that, you know, they are independent mm. and they are, uh, you know, they have their own uh, will in the political sense, mm. you know. Their proxies are at best, you know. Mm. They are the same remnants of the old Mujahideen mm. who were, uh, you know… Uh, renamed, mm-hmm. I would say restructured
1: mm-hmm.
2: in 94-95 mm-hmm. because the old game had collapsed mm-hmm. and you know uh, mm-hmm. they were restructured part Nasirullah Babar, mm-hmm. part ISI, part MI mm-hmm. and uh, part American companies mm-hmm. because I also worked with the Bridas company, the Argentinian company Achha. which was rival to the Unicol. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you know, Americans uh, supported the Taliban, hmm. so-called Taliban. Hmm. And the Bridas, this uh, Argentinian company, was kicked out finally, you know. Hmm. Unocol was the, hmm. you know. Okay, let me take tea. I don't drink anything else. I me take tea. Let me see. Hmm. Sir. Okay.
0: So, uh, do you think the uh, Taliban, any Taliban, uh, uh, Pakistani Taliban, Afghan Taliban? You have already named, but were they supported by the Pakistan Army? I say anybody.
2: You see, uh, this also I've studied in great detail because I did a project hmm. to my uh, client was a European state, hmm. and it was to determine the volume and size of Taliban and all the groups in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Hmm. And secondly, very interesting part that Hmm. how much percentage of U.S. troops were killed by which faction? Hmm. So first I found out that all the insurgents in Afghanistan and Pakistan, if you combine, Hmm. they were, you know, about 80% were Pakistani-supported Taliban. Hmm. The TTP was maximum five to nine percent hmm. and about five to nine percent were, you know, sectarian parties and uh, the Punjabi extremist hmm. groups also supported by hmm. Gulf states or Saudi Arabia or, uh, you know, there was a small Shia group, uh, Sipaya Muhammad from Thokar, Beg a retired colonel from Punjab regiment had set it up as a reaction. It was very small. Mm. So Pakistani, about Fata war also, I did a complete project for a client. Mm. And about Fata war, I I developed this conviction that Fata war was totally fabricated Mm. by General Musharraf Mm. as a part of deception plan to fool the Americans. Because the idea was that the 95% of the Taliban were provided sanctuary by the Pakistani state Mm. in Pakistani Balochistan. So Americans had to be fooled. So General Musharraf and his uh, team, they gave the Americans the impression, Mm. I would say, they conveyed the impression Mm. that the root of all evil is the Pakistan's uh, Fata region. Mm. So operation should be launched there. Mm. And the very interesting part is that, without any provocation, general musharraf, mm. I would say general Musharraf, mm. without any provocation, he launched an operation in the Pakistani Fatah region mm. in September October two thousand and three, mm. and the assassination attempt on Musharraf actually took place in December, mm. so this was a reaction to the unprovoked action launched by General Musharraf in Fatah region. Mm. In September, October 2003. It's very interesting. Mm. And then, you know, a chain of action and reaction developed. Mm. Because because according to the Pashtun tribal uh, custom, Mm. there is a concept of badal, you know, the revenge. Uh. So when uh, the Pakistani military attacked unprovoked in 2003, Mm. the tribal struck back. Mm. Then the Pakistani military again struck back. Then the tribals again struck back. So, these these were a series of actions and reactions, huh. which continued from 2003 till to date. Hmm. And interestingly, I interviewed General Tarikh Khan also, hmm. who uh, at, at one time was a very close friend. Hmm. Now, he is not very happy with some of my judgments, hmm. but I respect him.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, everyone has a difference of opinion. Hmm. I interviewed him in 2011. And he told me that as 14-division commander in mm. 2007-08, mm. he could have totally destroyed the Pakistani Taliban,
1: mm.
2: who were so weak in strength that mm. in the main battle against Pakistani Taliban, General Tarek Khan's 14-division suffered only four killed. Mm. But he said that he was told by General Kenny, mm. General Headquarters, that the Pakistani Taliban must not be finished. So, as far as ISS, Mm. General Kiani wanted the coalition support fund badly and they were milking the American taxpayer 1.5 billion dollars per year. Mm. So, by design, the FATA operations were prolonged. Mm. And secondly, I did a study. Mm. Americans have a website called iCasualty. In iCasualty, every American and coalition force man killed in Afghanistan, his name, unit, age, reason of death is published. Mm. So, there was no rationale for FATA operation because in the Afghan provinces next to FATA, Mm. Afghan provinces, there were hardly any U.S. casualties. Mm. So, there was no reason for the Pakistan army Mm. to attack FATA. And one psychological bias which I would like to point out here is Mm. that General Musharraf had a... uh, Rivalry and personality clash with General Ali Kuli. Hmm. In his, uh, you know, race for the army chief. Oh. So, I, as far as I understand, he developed a subconscious bias against the Pathans, generally. And secondly, in the Pakistani anthropology, you understand uh, sociology and anthropology much better than me. In the Pakistani uh, system of values, hmm. the tribal Pathans are regarded as, you know... Red Indians or subhumans, mm. that they are Shudras. Mm. I will give you a small example from my father's experience. Mm. Uh, my father was commissioned in 1955. Mm. And while he was doing his basic military engineering course at Rasalpur, mm. he used to play squash in the evening with the Air Force officers. Mm. Mostly Air Force officers in Rasalpur, mm. in the squash court. They were sharing the squash court. Mm. So he used to narrate my father mm. that every evening Air Force pilots used to come and they used to say that, you know, we are doing firing practice in North Waziristan. Mm. We are authorized to kill anything that moves. Mm. And at that time, you know, there were operations against Fakir of Ippi. Huh. They were going on. So at that time, my father told me that PF pilots used to boast mm. that North Waziristan is our firing range mm. and we can kill anyone. Oh, yeah. we, can, we can shoot down any castle Mm. And we have got complete freedom to fire. Mm. I was shocked, you know. Uh, so, this was the mindset. Mm. And tribal Pathans were regarded as, uh, you know, subhumans. Mm. A very interesting thing I'll tell you that my close friend, Captain Asad Khan from Guides Cavalry, he was adjutant of carrot called Razmak. Mm. And he used to hate Catchpole, mm. who, uh, according to legend, is a great man. And he used to hate the tribal Pathans, Mm. and he, being a Pathan from Mardan used to say Mm. that they are very treacherous. And you know, they were. uh, It's it's complicated to understand. Even the Pathans, Mm. the settled area Pathans, Mm. they regard the tribal area Pathans as inferior, Mm. or unreliable, or you know, uh, low race. You understand? Uh So this uh, you know this mindset I encountered, Mm. and I would say with conviction that the entire FATA operation Mm. was, you know, unprovoked and fabricated, you know. The motivation was negative. Mm. But the problem is that the Pakistani media and the press, Mm. they, you know, they took it up as as a commercial, you know, uh, sort of a venture. Mm. And they glorified it as a great war, you know. Mm. Whereas, you know, uh, Pakistan needs a truth and reconciliation commission. Mm. And, uh, you know, we need to confront this thing and uh, I would say they are totally unprovoked operation. Hmm. Sir.
0: One other question is, what do you know about the operations of Hafiz Sayyid and Masood Azhar, if, if you know at all?
2: You see, as I already, you know, I have been uh, theorizing and assessing for the last many years, Uh, Pakistan has developed a doctrine of brinkmanship Mm. because as far as I understand, while I was in the army, Mm. uh, during the Soviet-Afghan war, Mm. the Americans allowed Pakistan Mm. to acquire a nuclear device Mm. with Chinese help, but Americans overlooked it Mm. because in 83-84, the great danger was that Indians could invade Pakistan Uh. and neutralize the American base against Soviet Union. Mm. In Pakistan, so Americans uh, overlooked Pakistan's nuclear program, and President Reagan said that if Pakistan has a nuclear device, even Soviet Union and India both will you know think twice before attacking. So at that time, Pakistan developed a doctrine of nuclear brinkmanship. Now, as far as I understand, Pakistani state has been toying with this idea, and they have been testing this again and again. As far as I understand, Hafiz Saeed is a clear uh, state proxy because I interviewed my regiment's uh, colonel Sardar Yayafindi in detail mm-hmm. and I knew Sardar Humayun from 25 Cavalry also uh, quite closely. Mm-hmm. Sardar Humayun was actually tasked by the Pakistani government to train the lashkar e at Muridke, mm-hmm. And as, as you know, Sardar Humayun was a very motivated and honest man commando officer from your unit colonel uh, sardar humayun sardar humayun 25 cavalry, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. na
0: colonel sardar humayun
2: 25 cavalry. i know but colonel colonel sardar humayun mm-hmm. so sardar humayun narrated many times that he was tasked to train the lashkar-e-tayyaba he was ssg officer you know mm-hmm. and interestingly sardar humayun was also doing operations in uh, nagaland and mizoram in uh, late 60s mm-hmm. this is also very interesting mm-hmm. So, uh, Hafiz Saeed clearly is a is a straight-run show, you know. It's impossible to run an organization in North Pakistan, in Punjab, or let's say in settled areas without the government support. It's, it's very clear. There is no second thought about yeah. it, you know. He's part of the Pakistani doctrine of brinkmanship. Yeah. Bombay, I think, was the high point of this doctrine. Mm. And uh, actually... Many of the wars are linked with the personal motivation. Uh Like, you know, people are plain ambitious. Mm. I would say that uh, General Musharraf discontinued the infiltration in Kashmir. Not because of any idealistic reasons. But because at that time, Pakistan was apprehensive that it might be crushed in a, you know, American and Indian pincer. A sort of a nut crusher Mm. after the 9-11 9-11 hmm. Incident So General Musharraf Made a strategic decision To make peace with India Because at that time There was a great fear hmm. That Americans and Indians Can act together hmm. So now that the fear is over hmm. I, I, As far as I understand uh, Infiltration has been resumed Since uh, 2008-9 hmm. And now it has increased okay. and, and as far as I understand Indian army has a very high ratio americans were controlling afghanistan with with less than 30 or 40000 fighting troops mm. whereas indians have about 700000 troops so if you compare the uh, the force to ground ratio mm. it's very very high ratio you know yeah. and you know uh, secondly the border violations um, as per as various independent observers mm. i think uh, last year there were 900 border violations from Indian, Pakistan side of the J&K border. So, 900 is a high figure, you know. Mm. If you study the border violations and the incidents on the border, they have increased between 2009 and 17. Mm. So, there is a definite design mm. and uh, perhaps ambition of various army chiefs or whatever, you know. Mm. But infiltration has increased, certainly. Mm. There is no doubt about that. Mm. Modi took this, uh, this aviation attack and all that was a maybe pre-election game. Mm. But definitely infiltration has
1: increased.
2: increased, Mm. Definitely. There is no doubt about that. Mm. Not that it has succeeded, you know. Mm. Uh, Strategically, you can't say it has succeeded. Mm. But there is a marked increase. And even if you study the economist, I think of last year, Mm. even the economist gave figures Mm. of 700 or 800 uh, border violations on Pakistan's side. Mm. In Indian Kashmir
0: Achha.
2: yeah but a study can be made you can you know you can always study <coughs> uh you haven't talked about Masood Azhar Masood Azhar was a clear proxy hmm. as far as I saw him hmm. I used to visit kandhar hmm. in 98-99 uh, hmm. and uh, at that time I was handling you know some sort of logistics Mm. for a guy who was supplying fuel and various things to Kandhar. Mm. So, uh, Masood Azhar was a clear proxy, mm. there is no doubt about it. You yes. know. To think or to say that any person from Punjab or from the settled area can operate on his own is, you know, is, is impossible, mm. practically, you know.
1: Huh.
2: So, uh, these guys are clear-cut proxies. Mm. But uh, you see, you have to understand that uh, their handlers, they think that, you know, this is a just war. Mm. Now we enter the concept of just and unjust war, you know. Mm. Um, I think American wrote a book also on that, no, just and unjust war. No. As far as the Pakistani state is concerned, they think that supporting Masood Azhar and uh, Hafiz Saeed is, is a just war. Mm. This, this is my idea, you know. Ah, okay. And uh, uh, as far as uh, Baitullah Masood uh, is concerned, they think that is an unjust war. He is a rebel, you know. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a mindset, you know. Mm. You can't really... There are no good guys, uh, you know, or bad guys, you know. It's just, you know, it's a matter of who you are fighting for and who you are against, you know. Mm. So, uh, this is how I would sum it, you know. Okay. Achha,
0: now, uh, the question is about, not about your... Uh, 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 direct uh, uh, observation, etc. Sir, but about your informed knowledge, sir. And that question is: What do you think about a uh, Kargil operation, siachen operation, Kargil operation?
2: Siachin, I would say, was an intelligence failure hmm. because if Pakistani, if Pakistanis had done their homework properly, hmm. the FCNA, the military intelligence led by Hamid Gul, hmm. the ISI, they were total failure. Mm. Because they were too busy with Afghanistan. Mm. So it was a clear-cut Pakistani intelligence failure. Mm. 35 miles, the Indians came inside. Mm. On the Indian side, you can say that it was... Um, uh, I was working with Defense General in uh, 2000, and, uh, 2000, 2002. Mm. And at that time, Indian General Chibar came to uh, Pakistan.
1: Mm.
2: And I met him also. So Chibar said that... Uh, it was Chibar, I think. yeah. Chibar said that... left, Syachin, left general Chibar? Chibar, Chibar. I know. Chibar said that Syachin was launched by ambitious Indian commander because he wanted to get the third star. Hmm. Again, a case of ambition. Hmm. Stupidity on the Indian side, I would say. Uh-huh. Because, you know, Indians are also financially or militarily, they are gaining nothing. Nothing. Losing a lot. Losing. But Pakistan side, I would say that incompetence. Hmm. Incompetence of the FCNA Force Command Northern Area Gilgit
1: Mm.
2: Peer Dada I think was the commander at that time Mm. Incompetence of ISI and MI In not Mm. detecting you know Indian infiltration 35 miles you know Mm. Failure on both sides Mm. Stupidity on Indian side Mm. And um, phenomenal incompetence Intelligence incompetence On Pakistan side Mm. Kargil I would say clear case of uh, Ambition Because I interviewed Colonel Saqib who was, uh, now you are saying facts, Mm. so I'll give you facts. Mm. I interviewed Colonel Saqib, who was the staff officer of the DJI Sai in 1998-99. And uh, he also served as staff officer with General Naseem Rana. Mm. So, after the Kargil fiasco, the DJI Sai sent Saqib to Kargil Mm. to make a report. Mm. And Saqib made a report. You know, it was shocking. Like the commander corps engineers of uh, the, this uh, Rahul Pindi Corps, mm. this um, 10 Corps, mm. he was not allowed to enter the operations room by the corps commander mm. while Kargil planning was going on. Mm. And then, you know, uh, ORs were used for portering, which is again a violation of, you know, the military law mm. because uh, for porting, army gets a separate allowance. Mm. And many units, fighting units, refused to do portering. Mm. So, you know, there was a very interesting incident. Mm. General Javed Hassan Khan, the FCNA commander, mm. he held a darbar and he told that the soldiers, it is jihad, you must do portering. And he threw his cap on the ground. He said, if anybody doesn't want to do portering, he should walk over my cap. Mm. So half the guys stood and they started walking over the cap, you know. <laughs> so, you know, colonel staff said, sit down, sit down. And, you know, they were so damn ambitious, javed Hasan and all these, uh, Masood uh, Aslam and all that, that after the Kargil operation, which was launched 100% by the army, mm. they recommended that almost 75 to 80% officers should be sent home for cowardice. They made a recommendation to the MS branch, mm. according to Colonel Saqib.
1: Mm.
2: And again, according to Colonel Saqib, mm. I was the first one to, you know, uh, publish this on print. My article was published in Nation in 2003, titled Kargil Conspiracy, in which Saqib narrated that uh, General Zulfiqar Rana was sent to Moscow and Ukraine to do an inquiry about General Jahangir Karamat's Mm. Ukrainian Tank Deal Commission. Mm. And he returned with evidence about uh, General Karamat having taken the tank's commission. Mm. And when General Karamat uh, talked about the National Security Council... Nawaz Sharif confront, confront, Confronted uh, Karamath With his dozier mm. Made by ISI mm. And that is why Jagir Karamath Opted for retirement You know It's very interesting mm. I was the first one To publish it In Nation mm. And to date Nobody has challenged it You know mm. General uh, Rao Fakhar Was sent By the ISI He was serving in the ISI mm. For this whole inquiry okay. It's very interesting part You know But you know Steve Cole Nobody You know They are not covering it You know Although, you know, this happened. This is according to Colonel Saqib, who was then staff officer with the, this uh, ISI, DG. And again, very interesting, uh, you know, uh, the Pakistani and Indian intelligence, both Mm. were so effective that Indians, uh, if Indians were planning to launch an attack Mm. in 2001 and 2000, you know, when the Indian army mobilized, Mm. Pakistanis would know Mm. And they would tell the Indians mm. that we know that you are going to launch an attack on this date. So if you do that, mm. you know, we will launch some missiles. Mm. So you better be prepared. <laughs> so yes. Indians used to calm down, you know, after that. Mm. It's very interesting. Mm. And General Aghan who was my father's uh, student in the military college of engineering, he was defense attack in uh, Delhi. Actually, my uncle was also charged affairs in Delhi in 77-78. So, again, he narrated that many Indian officers used to come to him mm. with offers that uh, whatever you need, you tell us, mm. you give us a price and we will we will we'll get you the data. <laughs> mm. And it's very interesting. Mm. Now, you know, with the uh, this uh, present uh, revelation about the retired three-star general, mm. Javed Iqbal and Brigadier Rizwan from uh, uh-huh. so that, you know, a lot of, you know, information about. has been going, you know, out okay. and the, even the intelligence services of both India and Pakistan, mm. both of them mm. are quite, you know, as far as the protection of uh, secrets is concerned are quite compromised. Uh, no, no, but my basic question is, from the military
0: point of view, I am asking you as a military historian now. Sir. Not as a person who's experienced this, yeah. thing, but a military historian. Was this Kargil a, a viable war or was it absolutely wrongly planned and was it not a viable war?
2: No, it was, logistically it was total failure. Mm-hmm. Because I actually interviewed General uh, Imtiaz Vadaich who was uh, commander of FCNA in 1979-80. And Imtiaz Badaich was of the opinion that logistically they were total failure. Mm. They had not handled the logistics. Mm. And strategically, of course, it was again a failure because the whole idea that, you know, India would, you know, accept that uh, its line of communication to uh, Ladakh is, you know, severed was, you know, a non-starter. Mm at a strategic level also it was a blunder and failure mm. and you know if pakistanis had to do something mm. then why not you know demolish the mm, kargil ladakh road at near dras and all that with charges explosives you know mm. why sit on the heights you know mm. because by sitting on heights they presented the pakistani troops as sitting ducks to the indians you know mm. i mean uh, tactically even i would say by occupying the heights mm. With Indians having better logistics, Mm. overwhelming artillery, Mm. overwhelming air, Mm. you know very well that uh, the Pakistan Air Force refused to participate Mm. because the logistics, the attrition rate of the Pakistani Air Force would have been so high Mm. that the Pakistani aircrafts would have been unable to function after three or four days. Mm. That is why, you know, the Air Chief P.Q. Mehdi, Mm. actually he refused when General Musharraf told him. That I want the air force, he refused, mm. and that is one of the main reasons why Musharraf became, you know, biased against him, mm. and he was, you know, uh, Musharraf was quite hostile to him, you know, mm. when I when he took power, you know. Mm. But P. Q. Mehdi refused because logistically, mm. according to uh, Air Commodore Kesar Tufail. who is an expert on the uh, air warfare, mm. he says that logistically it was impossible for the Pakistan Air Force. To sustain or support the operations in Kargil. Air
0: Commodore?
2: Kaisar Tufail. You can interview him also. Mm -hmm. Mm He is one of the outstanding officers of the Air Force. uh, Not promoted because of being, uh, you know, uh, blunt blunt and uh, straightforward. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the outstanding officers. Air Chief Material. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kaisar Tufail even narrated Mm -hmm. a very interesting incident. Mm -hmm. That Javed Aslan, he was so sensitive and so biased mm. that while he was commanding the National Defense University, mm. a, an Air Force officer uttered the word Kargil in one of the model discussions. Mm. And this Air Force officer was sent back to his unit. Mm. Because during Javed Dasan's time as the Commandant of the National Defense University, mm. there was a, you know, uh, uh, you know, unwritten order mm. that the word Kargil will never be mentioned in any model discussion. Just imagine the height of intellectual dishonesty, you know.
0: <laughs> and and I one thing I, I uh, remember when I was lecturing in this yeah. uh, staff college. Yeah. I sometimes would be called to lecture. Yeah. So I found that uh, General Javed Hassan would uh, uh, talk about other things, dominate yeah. discussions on history etcetera. Yeah. And but he was so associated with Kartal that I wanted once or twice to ask him directly about Kartal. In those days, I wasn't writing this book or anything. Just wanted to ask him. But Sir. he talks so much about other kinds of history. I just never mentioned Kargil. And now you have said this. I wish I had asked him about Kargil, but I
2: never did. Sir, I want to, want to mention a very important thing which everybody has ignored.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was serving in the Armored School in 1991. Achha. And I used to read the Staff College Citadel magazine. Mm-hmm. You see, this Kargil was not Musharraf alone. In the whole Pakistan army, there was a madness, there was a, you know, false perception.
0: that. in the Armoured school in which
2: years? I was uh, serving in the Armoured school Nushara in 1990, 91, 92. Achha. So, I used to re- read the staff college journal very regularly, because I was also in charge of the library. Mm. So, this is very important, please. Mm. In the Pakistan army, now the Musharraf is being scape- made the scapegoat of Kargil. Like Yaya Khan is being made scapegoat of East Pakistan. Mm. Musharraf is being made the scapegoat in the case of Kargil. Mm. Whereas in 1990-91, as I saw, mm. the whole Pakistan army thought that Indians are very weak. Mm. And there was a culture of false mm. superiority, you know. Mm. And there was a guy called Aminullah Barki. He was the commandant of staff college. Mm. And this Javed Hassan... For his you know for his knockery and you know for for his own promotion, mm. he started read, writing articles in the staff College journal, mm. which were mostly copy and paste, you know mm. that India is a failed civilization, mm. and Indians can't face the Pakistanis militarily, and Hindus were always you know non-martial and Indian civilization is doomed, you know things like that. Mm. so his series of articles were published as a book, India Study and Profile. Mm. In 1992-93, and they were distributed uh, distributed to complete Pakistan Army mm. as part of Pakistan Army mm. officers' book club. You know?
0: Mm. Yes, I think I have this book. Somewhere. Yeah. So what is it called what is it called? India
2: Studying Profile. Mm. So it was not Musharraf alone. Mm. In the whole Pakistan Army in during 1990-99, there was a you know false perception mm. that the Indians are non-martial. They are a decadent civilization. And if we do anything, you know, like Cargill, something, Mm. you know, they will collapse, you know. Mm. There was a, there was a mask, you know, misconception. Mm. Later on, now it is very, Mm. very convenient and popular Mm. to, you know, make uh, Musharraf the scapegoat. Mm. But this was a perception held by the entire Pakistan army. Mm. As far as I, I saw, because I was serving till 1994, March, Mm. And this was my observation from 1989 to 94, five years. Mm. Actually, I wrote various uh, letters to command and staff college uh, journal Citadel, mm. which were published, in which I challenged uh, Javed Hassan's nonsense that India is a failed civilization and all that. Mm. And Javed Hasan even made factual mistakes, like he made the Mughal emperor Humayun fight in the second battle of Panipat, whereas Humayun was dead, you know, <laughs> things like that, you know. Mm. But, you know, Jawed became very popular because of this book, India Studying Profile. Mm. And I would say that this book played a very important role in its promotion. Mm. And people like Aminullah Barki, mm. the Commandant Staff College, mm. they were, you know, in lead in promoting Jawed ideas. And Aminullah Barki got this book published and distributed to the Pakistan Army, you know, by book club to all the officers, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, bunch of nonsense, you know. Mm. So, there was a mass euphoria and a mass misconception. So, this this is very important to note, you know. Mm. It's not just one man, Musharraf or Mahmood, who's being singled out. Mm. There was a mass misconception mm. at that time, you know. Mm. Okay. Okay.
0: So, uh, do you think, uh, now this is about the future. Do you think that uh, an attack by, let's say, Uh, by Hafiz Hafiz Saeed, Masood Azhar or at least seen to be by them, perceived to be by them can lead to real problems between India and Pakistan including a war?
2: War is out but uh, I would say that the proxy war would accelerate. Hmm. Uh, As far as the the strategic trend is going on, Hmm. the proxy war would accelerate and India has plenty of places. Now as you are saying that For the first time in Pakistan's history, Mm. the Pashtun alienation with the Pakistani state had ended in a Soviet-Afghan war, Mm. almost ended. But the Pashtun alienation is again, you know, on the surface. Mm. There are two members of National Assembly. PTM is not hybrid warfare. You know, it is, you know, bullshit to say that it is hybrid warfare. You know, there is a definite reaction because FATA war was a fabricated war. Mm. So PTM is a reaction to that. In Balochistan, you know, there is a real problem Mm. which has not been solved, you know. Mm. The press has been blacklisted. You can't visit the interior of Balochistan. You can't visit the Baloch-Afghan border, Mm. although it is Pakistan. Mm. I went to Chaghi and the FC said that no, nobody can go to the border area. Mm. You know, even the Pakistanis can't go. Mm. And in Balochistan south also, I mean, journalists can't go. So there is a blackout. But definitely proxy war is going on. Mm. War between Pakistan and India is out. Mm. But proxy war will accelerate. Mm. And that would would include, I would say, Fatah, Afghanistan, uh, Sindh, Burjistan. Also, I would say that uh, I am closely watching the Afghan peace process. And I have been visiting Afghanistan. Mm. As far as I understand, uh, the Afghan peace process Mm. is a gambit of President Trump to get re-elected. He has decided to throw the Afghan people into dustbin. Mm. But he wants to win the next elections. Mm. So he's showing that he is, you know, for peace. Mm. He will have a deal with the Taliban. Mm. Americans will pull out or thin out. Mm. Talibans will uh, overrun the south. Mm. North, they won't be able to overrun. Mm. Because people in the, in the north hate them. Mm. And uh, of course, the northern alliance is supported by Russians, Iranians, Indians. Mm. Naturally. Because, you know, of strategic reasons. Mm. So, uh, this peace process is also a big hoax. Because President Trump wants to win the mm. next elections. Mm. So to win that, this is his foreign policy triumph. You know, like mm. like Nixon, he he pursued the Paris peace accords and all that. You know, what happened in Vietnam. Mm. Nixon's interest was in winning the elections, you know. Mm. His uh, interest was not in peace, you know. Mm. And Vietnam was abandoned. So, uh, as far as I see, uh, Afghanistan has been demanded, mm. But uh, this will lead to a reaction. Mm. A new civil war will start. Mm. And again, uh, uh, a more intense proxy war between India and Pakistan in Afghanistan. Mm. Which will affect, you know, the uh, KP province also and Balochistan also. Mm. So, a uh, real war is out. That I would say is Modi's election gamble.
1: Mm.
2: But, you know, I- I- even in India... People don't favor, you know, they don't favor a real war. That would be madness. But proxy war would certainly accelerate mm. on both sides. And uh, I would say that uh, even the Americans and the NATO, mm. they would become a party to it because they want to, already in the U.S. Army War College and the uh, the doctrine, China is regarded as the enemy. Mm. So naturally they will contest the CPAC, you know. Mm. So that will accelerate, you know, mm. on both sides, you know. American side also, NATO also, and Indians also.
0: Right, uh, this is lovely. Now I'd like to ask you for the favor of the kind of people I should uh, interview. More, you gave some name.
2: Yeah, Colonel Sami is one. To so be interviewed. And, uh, Colonel Sami was leading squadron commander of 20, 24 cavalry in 65 war. One Colonel Sami. 24 cavalry. He is in Lahore, then uh, air commander to to fail I
0: will I
1: will.